BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Raising Good Humans. I'm Dr. Lisa Pressman, and today's episode is with Inat Nathan, a well-known parenting expert who is in Israel, actually, and has an international best-selling book called My Everything. I thought it'd be so wonderful to hear from Inat, and also just to get another perspective. And in fact, we're talking a lot about perspective and parenting because we're talking about co-parents and how to engage your co-parent, problems that can arise when there's one parent favored over another, different parenting styles, the kinds of things that definitely come up this time of year. If you enjoy this episode, it is so helpful to me when you subscribe when you rate the podcast, if you're into giving it a five-star rating. (laughs) And if you have any time to write a review, those things really help me get the podcast out more into the world. And of course, DM me on Instagram at Raising Good Humans Podcast. And most importantly, next week on December 10th is my first ever virtual live podcast. So you can go to my Instagram to buy tickets. There's a link in the bio and a portion of the proceeds are going to Save the Children, an incredible organization that supports children globally. And this focus is on Save the Children US. I really don't talk about dads separately very much. And I want to address dads right now. And really, it's not even about addressing dads. It's about addressing the partners. So yeah, leave room for dads. So can now you we, talk a little bit about that? We can't talk just about dads, right? But there's always, you know, the parent that thinks that he has the knowledge. And we live in times where, you know, when I gave birth to my firstborn, it was 22 years ago. If I would have seen a dad with a baby carrier. I'm serious. The only thought that came to my mind was poor thing is probably a widower. I mean, seriously. Wow. In the past 20 years, also as a professional, you know, inside the private clinic or lectures or dads weren't there. I totally agree. It's a completely changed dynamic of it's an amazing evolution. We can talk about it for hours, but I think that the 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 noise that enters, you know, 
young couple's lives, and it doesn't matter if it's a dad or or, or a spouse or let's it's the let's other not, it's the other partner. Yeah. Okay. So the partner. It's the partner. So when we have uh, inspiration for equality, and at the same time we own the truth, we're in a problem. Because usually when we professionals sit with couples, you know, and we go through like the main, you know, important things, the ideology, the the things that they came with into the, they agree on the big stepping stones. But in day-to-day life, the interactions around you're not doing it well. You're ruining my kids. I need to protect them from the other spouse that has a different way of doing it. Or I'll give an example. I was actually just going to say the example will be really helpful because sometimes yeah. we don't even realize how much we undermine our partner. Okay, so if co-parent partner, yeah, you're so what, right? So it begins in the small things. If my partner says uh, he sees I had a bad day, uh, I'm tired, and he tells me I'm going to shower her. By the way, it's the most romantic gesture, right? <laughs> it, tip for men, and you can go rest or whatever. And I'm going to my room, but I hear him shower her and I hear her cry and something starts to tick within me. And it begins like, you know, in Israel, we can talk English over our children's heads thinking that they don't understand, but children understand any language just from, you know, the tones. Yeah. So, so I'm going to say something, but why does she have to cry if you, right? And at some point, it depends on the day, I will probably enter the bathroom and say something like, you know what? I'll shower her. I'll just do this. I'll yeah. take care of it. Thank you. Like, thank you. <laughs> we'll meet in the second act. <laughs> and now I think that what we miss out when we, you know, hold justice or think that someone is messing with our education or even harming our children. And I'm cautious with the word harming because it's not like there's violence there. It's not, it's, it's just a different style of parenting or a different nervous system. By the way, if I'll ask you who's preparing my child better to life, is it me that, you know, showers her with a cap or takes care that nothing goes in her eyes or him that's just, you know, and she's, yeah, I'm not sure who's doing a better job here. But the thing I'm sure is that on their side, what they're getting to watch now, they're the audience of a different show, Mm -hmm. a a show where there's a right person and wrong person, a bad cop, a good cop, 
maybe they will interpret it as they're not strong enough to, you know, interact with the other partner or even, you know, just at the end of the day when I'm not willing, you know, to let go or to say goodbye or to go to sleep, all that I have to do is, you know, cry when this person showers me and then I get, you know, the all Oscar winning performance energy of, you know, getting them both and, 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 and feeling that, you know, now I can go to sleep better. So I think that just by having this energy surrounding, you know, the atmosphere where we raise children, we usually forget that one of the main missions is to model, you know, how how we interact when we think different or when we act different. And they're inside the equation, whether they're two months old or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. So I definitely don't want my teenagers to, I don't know, ask me if I'm allowing a motorcycle license and I will say no and then ask my spouse and he will say yes. Mm-hmm. But usually these are not our problems. Right. The, it's the small moments where you just feel like I got this, I do it better. And then you're accidentally sending this message to your kids that there's a right and a wrong, or there's a a way of being that's, that you're safer about. Or they needed rescue. Or that, right. And then, and then who wants to then go do it? So if you're trying to get help and support, I mean, you said that it was such a romantic gesture to take the kid for their bath or shower. I read somewhere, I can't remember who said this. I think it was Eve Rodsky said this. Uh, on a recent podcast, but that doing the school form, agreeing to do the school forms is one of the most romantic gestures (laughs) that a partner can do. And I think it's the same idea. Those gestures are so helpful to the primary caregiver. But if when you do them, you're corrected all the time, you stop having the incentive to do it. And it's not going to be perfect, but isn't it so much better to feel good about your parenting and then want to do more than to feel like, whatever, what's the point? I get it wrong, Definitely. I get rescued. And I, and, I, and I think that children's world get richer. You know, I think of it as a tasting meal of small plates of, you know, styles and attitudes and rhythm. And, you know, it's so boring to have to, you know, same robots acting partners as it prepares them so much better to life and having to interact with someone who's different. It's funny because the research on even specifically dad's language use and the way that they interact with children is that they have a different way of speaking they have a different style and that that style is beneficial. Like kids who experience those different kinds of styles. So everything is in this robotic, perfect version of interactions. Those kids have better language development, more robust ways of operating in the world and being around people with different, taking temperatures, like emotional temperatures in the room. And so 
a lot of this conversation today could just revolve around all of us, especially in this time of year when it's not just co-parents, but other family members, we might panic that their parenting style is different. So we want to protect our children. But if we can reframe it as giving them more opportunities to learn from different flavors of people, then it doesn't freak us out as much. Like it's okay that it's not the best shower. It's okay that it was a messy, you know, they get a little soap in their eyes because they're getting a different experience and exposure to different approaches. So hopefully we can also translate that as mother-in-laws drive us crazy, or I always say mother-in-laws and I don't mean anything against mother-in-laws. It's cliche. (laughs) (laughs) someday I'm going to be a mother-in-law potentially and really oh wow I'm I'm prepared for it I'm like yeah yeah definitely (laughs) but just to complete your sentence I think that just letting our children no matter how old they are know you know and it can be transferred only by a look from the other corner of the room know that we see them and that we trust they can handle the crazy aunt or the, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm here. Like you can go on. It, it's okay. It's such an empowering feeling that they can take with them to, to, to different groups and to different, you know, missions in life, as opposed to parents today that, over rescue that over interfere that over protect and we all know that you know it doesn't build resilience it makes them yeah. you know especially when we talk about their self-worth or their their inner motivation whatever it is it has to do with us being the narrators of a bigger story So we always have to think or add the balance. Is it worth it? Is he really in danger? And is it worth it? That's a really, really good question to, well, this is, that's good in any relationship. Is it worth it to to say something, to, to intervene? And sometimes it is, but if you ask yourself that question, it gives you space to really be intentional. And yeah, not and, and not it. not get triggered by ego or protection or control. You know, there it's usually the the parents that have a high need to control that pay the biggest price because it's 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 wearing up the you know the good cup as well. It's very hard to be the one in charge. And now a little break so that I can give you a word from our sponsors. As the year ends, another holiday season is upon us. And for many of us, that means a little bit more stress. So some joy, hopefully lots of joy, but sometimes it also just doesn't feel that way. And there's more pressure to be happy this time of year than ever and more people feeling unhappy. So one way to ease some of the burdens of the holidays is to bring talk space, online therapy into your life if you do not have support from a therapist already. Obviously, I'm an enormous fan of mental health support. And so the benefits of therapy are so vast 
there's such an easy way to get a therapist using Talkspace. And it is not easy in general to find a therapist right now. So Talkspace offers individual therapy, couples therapy, medication prescription services. It's the number one online therapy platform. It has thousands of licensed therapists that are available to you. They are part of dozens of specialties, anxiety, depression, relationships, and more, and it works around your schedule. So if you need a little support to help you through the end of the year, or you want to start building towards a better upcoming year, Talkspace is there to help. Match with the licensed therapist when you go to Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month with the promo code HUMANS. That's $100 off when you use the code HUMANS at Talkspace.com. Please find support. It's so important for your well being and it's so important for your family. Here's another word from a sponsor Artifact Uprising, which makes premium photo books, framed photos, and gifts to help you tell the stories that you care about most. And they just launched a new product this year the Story of You, early years books that helps you document your child's best moments from one to five. And it has unique interactive elements, guided prompts that make working on the book a fun activity that you can do with your child. And the early years book makes a fantastic gift for moms as they experience their babies growing up into little people with their own distinct personalities. It makes a fantastic gift for dads. It makes a fantastic gift for grandparents who might want to do a little project with their little one. There is also a very cool little baby board book that's one of their best sellers. And the board book pairs familiar photos with associated words to bring joy and learning. And also it's got thick pages, durable construction, you know, for babies to chew on the board book. And it's a great gift for the holiday season as well. For a limited time, our listeners can get 15% off your Artifact Uprising order with the code RAISINGGOODHUMANS15. So go to Artifact Uprising, A-R-T-I-F-A-C-T-U-P-R-I-S-I-N-G.com slash RAISINGGOODHUMANS to purchase. So the holidays are just around the corner. Have I mentioned that? Here's another really good gift. Skylight is fantastic for moms, dads, grandparents, friends far away, family members that you really, really, really know are going to enjoy seeing you as much as possible. It's a really special gift. Skylight Frame is a photo frame that you can update instantly by email from anywhere. I mean, I cannot tell you how much my mother will love this. It's a great way to feel close to those who love you, even when you're separated. It sets up effortlessly in under 60 seconds. You just plug it in and you use the touch screen to connect to your wireless network and enjoy. Sending photos to Skylight is effortless. Everyone in the family can just email them to your personal Skylight email address and they'll pop up in seconds. I am not tech savvy. This was easy to do and also... How cool. Skylight Frames has a fantastic 10-inch touchscreen. You can swipe through photos with your finger if you're just feeling nostalgic. And you can tap to thank the person who sent you a photo. It's just basically an interactive way of connecting. And I just love it. So there's also a 100% satisfaction guarantee. So if you don't love it, they'll give you a full refund. 
Now, as a special offer, you can get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame when you go to skylightframe.com and enter the code HUMANS. That's right. To get $10 off your purchase of a Skylight Frame, just go to skylightframe.com and enter the code HUMANS. That's S-K-Y-L-I-G-H-T-F-R-A-M-E.com, promo code HUMANS. And here is an intro to a different podcast. This ad is from the creators of the number one podcast for curious kids and their grownups, Wow in the World. This new intergalactic musical podcast features travel blogging aliens, Flip and Mozzie. They set their sights on Earth when their spaceship makes an emergency crash landing. And now they have to wait 3,000 years, which is the long time, for an interstellar tow truck to arrive. Philip and Mozzie spend their time traveling all over the planet Earth, meeting different animal species as they try to learn how to be an Earthling. And it has original music by Grammy-nominated artists, The Pop-Up. You can join them every week for a new musical adventure as Flip and Mozzie bring conservation into the conversation for both kids and grownups. So this is a podcast you can actually enjoy with your kids and help make the world a better place, spark conversations, and you can listen to episodes of Flip and Mozzie's Guide to How to Be an Earthling everywhere right now or ad-free and one week early by subscribing to Wondery Plus Kids on Apple Podcasts or Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or one week early on Amazon Music. What's up, family? We are Terrell Linjarius, the host of Let's Go There, where we will, in fact, go there every single week. Every Wednesday in this podcast, no topics are off limits for us. We will be pushing ourselves and you to see different perspectives, challenging what you think you know, and have fun all at the same time. So listen, I want you guys to go ahead and buckle up because going there is going to be the ride of your life. See you guys next week. Let's talk about the good cup, bad cup a little bit while we're talking about these family dynamics. So maybe there's a way to think about how to shift if you feel like your role is always the bad cup because your co-parent is always giving in and you feel like if without you, there would be no structure or vice versa. What Mm -hmm. if you're super sensitive, but you just don't feel comfortable with giving boundaries and you just don't want to be the bad cop ever. So then your co-parent takes that role. What can we do if we know this about ourselves and our partners or co-parents? What are some things we can do to get out of those roles and try on the other hat? It's an amazing question. I think that we need to begin by understanding that every parenting couple or how, how do you say it better? Partners uh, or co-parents? It, it doesn't have to be traditional, but but whoever the co-parents yeah, are, if, or if, if we if we are two people responsible for yeah. a couple of children, and you know, aspiring for equality and friendship and good communication, the first thing I would notice is the small checkbook that each of us is holding the minute that 
we turn parents and it doesn't serve anything, right? It's just, you know, a way of not agreeing or keeping guards on my own territory or self-worth or I'm going to always look at the other side and ask, is he doing enough? What is he inside that is waking up in the middle of the night equals to taking a day off when they're sick? When he comes back from work, am I worthy of arrest? Uh, how will I ask for it? Will I take the notebook out and, 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 you know, and demand? Will I need to explain how exhausting it is to be the main parent? So the line of communication, I think the first tip I would give was to put away this notebook and understand that no matter what, when we communicate dissatisfaction or stress, we need to, to know that we're not talking right now about the good cop or the bad cop about, we're talking about, do you still see me? And do you value my work? Uh, so it's always the subtext that controls, you know, the mindset that we're going to sit down with when we're going to talk good cop, bad cop. So if we're sharing this household and I, I will give an example, okay? I don't expect my husband uh, to do, you know, regularly things that he's not good at or uh, <laughs> don't come naturally to him just because, you know, my notebook showed that whatever he didn't do enough this week so my my main goal will be you know that everyone will take a chair where he's comfortable where he, where they can you know achieve joy or happiness or or flow or be you know better parents when they do that and when i make room for him to be better in boundaries and for me to be better in mess and dancing in the kitchen. And I, I, I don't take the position, I, I put the notebook aside. I don't take the position of why do I always need to be the three dots? Because right. this position can all, always alternate. You know, he can say, why do I always have to be the bad cop? And I can say, why do I always have to feel like I'm living with a bad cop or I'm rescuing, rescuing my children from a bad cop? So mm -hmm. I guess that, you know, we can sit and talk and plan on how sometimes he can be a good cop wherever he's comfortable and what I want or feel like I need to, you know, tweak inside my parenting in order to set boundaries. First of all, for me, by the way, I'm, I'm, I'm talking from experience. So it's, it, it doesn't begin with putting boundaries to someone. It begins to knowing where you're ending and where someone else begins. So he benefits 
the wife that doesn't have boundaries, right? But we, we neglect the larger picture. And I think that the most amazing thing is growing in a house where there are very different parents and children don't step out into life thinking that there's black or white, thinking that there's good or bad, thinking that I think that it can be an amazing opportunity to demonstrate the gray areas mm -hmm. and to talk with humor or with respect or, and, and, and sometimes, yeah, to fight about it, right? We're people, but eventually if they see, you know, two parents that don't have, you know, this open checkbook or don't, you know, hold the flag of why do I always have to whatever, and they can, communicate about it and ask for help and get no sometimes and be okay with it. Or I talk a lot about in front of my teenagers that I, I wish I could be him sometimes. I, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah, and I, to let them know that. Yeah. I mean, whatever the role of the other parent is, if you are partnering with someone else and raising your kids to point out, I like the idea of saying, look, if you do find that you're in the dynamic of one is a good cop and one is a bad cop, being able to say, you know what? I really love how clear his boundaries are. Yeah, I admire yeah. that. And I'm saying that in front of my kids so that their story isn't that there is a disrespect or a disconnect or the there's only one way or there's only one way. Yeah. Which there isn't now. They have to choose because after, you know, there's a good cup and bad cup in every one of us and them as well. And we don't want to choose one. We want to give voice and space to the good cup and the bad cup. And it's not necessarily pleasant, but we, we want to make peace with it. We want to talk about it. We want to use humor to talk about it. And as they grow up, they can deal. They're so good at it when they see us respecting styles and. And that, and you don't need to be in a marriage for that. You can be co-parents no. who are not, but just are able to separate that. Like we can all have our own style and way of being and to be respectful, even if we disagree and also to borrow the style from someone. Sometimes I want to be fun today and I'm not normally fun. <laughs> like yeah. um, That works too. I also want to address the idea of when a child has a favorite parent, because this comes all the time. And I think it goes back to the example that you used in the beginning. If one parent is getting the baby or the child showered, hopefully it's young. Yeah, <laughs> a young yeah person. It's, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and they're getting, they're getting their bath or shower and they call for the other parent. Those moments, because we feel the one parent has their feelings hurt you know, like no mommy does it or no daddy does it. And maybe you give up because you say, fine, I'm going to let, uh, if you don't want me to do it, I'm going to let the other parent do it. Or maybe the, the father's coming in to rescue because he doesn't want 
the child to be upset that he's not going to be there. I think that those are moments that perpetuate picking favorites or worrying about favorites or taking it personally. So using that example, can we walk through what happens when a child seems like they have a favorite parent and what parents can do? And I'm using the word parent. I think we both are as a proxy for whoever the primary caregivers are. Totally. But I think talking about what we can do in those moments, both when we're the parent that's chosen and when we're the parent who feels rejected. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to start with an example outside this field and say that if I'm the mother that, you know, sits in front of my two children's plates laying on the counter and moving one piece of nugget from one plate to another, just so they can be equal, right? And counting them and then serving them. I will probably raise children that just by doing that, I taught them now to look at the other one's plate and to see if they have the same amount. So I I gave this example because I think the most difficult part of being parenting is the part where we need to put our egos inside a duffel bag, close the zipper and, you know, shove it in the ocean and, or at least understand that a lot of things are going to happen that will not definitely serve you know, the feeling of being their gods or the feeling of meaning that, you know, is injected from the first moment we hold our babies. The promise that you mean the everything to me and I'm going to mean everything to you. There's a contract that is vital for their, you know, maturation. But Then they grow up and they separate and they need control and, you know, they behave and then they see our reactions. And, you know, when we're talking about toddlers, there's not many things they have control over, right? Their schedule, they will wear, you know, when they will go to sleep, how much screen time, what they eat. So, They're not testing boundaries. They're looking for areas where they can feel they can control. I'm always amazed with, you know, the small babies that just by crying, you know, get old people, you know, sweating in the back, having to stop the car. It's nature's power. Okay, so they're doing what they're supposed to do. By the way, when they're teenagers, my daughters know who to call when they don't have the mood to take the bus in the rain. And it's not me. Great example. It's not me. Right. Okay. They, (laughs) they, They know from a very young age, again, not because they're manipulative. No, it's smart. Yeah. Yeah. It's emotionally astute to be able to say, okay, I think I know who to call on this one. Yeah. So when they're toddlers, it's going to be, okay, 
when we need to rush in the morning or when we need to go and I'm going to say, no, mommy's going to do that or no, the other mommy's going to do that or dad is going to do and, you know, raise the sirens. Suddenly there is this feeling of control. And if we add to this equation, you know, the hurting parent or the one that, you know, takes it personally, or even, you know, the sentences that go something like, you know what, when, when you want to have time with me, I'll also tell you that I don't want you and we'll see how you feel about it. So, yeah, yeah, but it's an extreme example, but I'm giving it so we can see clearly that what happens to us is At the same moment, we feel that rejection, you know, far from behind from our past, you know, wounds. And now I'm being a four year old, you know, fighting with a three and a half year old (laughs) about, you know, self-worth or not picking me on, you know, baseball or, or it's something like that. So we're supposed to be the ones that are not confused, the ones that... Uh, you know, of course, when when we can give the, the the control in their hands, it's fine. You choose. I wanted to choose if I were instead of you. By the way, sometimes when they're sick or when they're we take over everything. So. So when they can choose, it's it's really fine to let them choose when they can choose it's really fine to give them two options. You know, you could either wait for daddy to finish his work or phone call and I'll be happy to entertain you or we can do it now and I'll get to read you another story. Mm-hmm. So again, it's his control, but there's not too many options. Mm-hmm. And for the parent that you know, feels rejected. I always give the advice of not giving up because I don't want any child to feel like he was right, you know, checking the box of, okay, that was easy. She gave up fast. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 I really need, you know, not the attention, but the look of, I'm not going to give up. Yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I know you don't yeah, I'm prefer not going this anywhere. moment. You'd rather yeah. someone else do it, but I'm here. And then nobody's rescuing. And then slowly your child will get more confident that you're supposed to be doing it and it's okay. And that you can live with their not favoring you. I mean, I think it's important your point, And I know you were exaggerating, but it's actually, I've seen it many times when adults take so personally a child's rejection, even a teenager's, <laughs> it oh, can wow. hurt. But even though it hurts and also it feels frustrating, whether it's a three-year-old or a 13-year-old, it's so important for us to check ourselves if we are taking this personally and not to impose on children that that somehow they've hurt us by making a just having a preference, like they're allowed to have a preference that day. Yeah. And if I need to generalize it, I would say we can't let them have the feeling that I need you to do something in order for me to be okay. 
Yes, exactly. We need to be okay no matter what. Yeah, so. I'm okay. I'm your mothership. You, yeah. you, you just go ahead. Right. My love for you and my sense of self-worth do not rest on how you're feeling today. On who or who you pick or who today. you prefer today. In your lottery, you know, and who's it going to be today? And I mean, separately, if it happens all the time, you could pay attention to different ways to connect. Like for younger children, sometimes caregiving helps them connect more. So whoever's doing more of the diaper changes and the bath is going to get a little more of the space. And for older teenagers, maybe it's the person who's driving all the time in the carpool, who knows? But I do think that that's, that's a separate thing, which is if you really feel like there's a continued preference. Yeah, but I think that yeah. if there is a continued preference, we need to reverse engineer it and to take a look at, you know, the, the good cop, bad cop. Exactly. You know, what's the, what's the, happening in the dynamics? Yeah. Someone worked really hard, you know, for for this child to choose, you know, over and over and over just one parent. Sometimes they're smart because I don't expect to be chosen for things that I'm not sure that I'm good at. So now that they're grown up a little, I see that it's it's so clear that when we respect and we when we make space for each other, when when we talk or hold a good thought about the other spouse, when we're the one that's chosen, it allows them to, you know, investigate and find the places that, you know, my daughters, when they have a meltdown, they will turn to me because they know I won't, you know, try to solve their problems, you know, or I won't try to figure out why it happened. Meaning you'll be there to, to support them and for their listener. I'm a good listener. And my partner is like the alpha male of, okay, who hurt you? Or on the other side, but why are you taking this so bad? Or listen what you should do. I'll tell you what to do. And they always go, I didn't ask you to tell me what to do. I just want to, okay. So do I really want to take turns in that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I need to know that each of us represents a safe space. They can choose when they have adversity, when they fail outside, when they have negative feelings. So the gym of that emotional place, you know, begins with choosing who will brush my teeth and seeing what happens on the other end of the equation. Did they take the notebook? Is she angry? Did she take it personally? What's happening? Um, It's interesting because I was talking to clients yesterday and they have a good cop, bad cop dynamic. Mm -hmm. Um, 
There's one kid who's already an adult or almost an adult, very late adolescent. And the other one is a babe, you know, three. And so- Oh, wow. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so what was interesting is that because of the pandemic, many people have experienced also living with the parents of their co-parent all of a sudden. And th- this was a sort of situation like that. We're getting to see not just how they, their partner parents, but how the they were parented, what the grandparents are like. And of course, there was such a parallel between this the parenting style of the more strict parent who did not like the more sensitive responses. Mm-hmm. Grandma was like that too. And then mm-hmm. the parent who was more sensitive was not comfortable with any boundaries because that wasn't her experience being parented. And so then to come together, you're now also dealing with trying to figure out how you're going to parent together, having been parented completely differently and judging the other's parenting. So I think another another factor in co-parenting well is to set set aside time to figure out how was how you were parented or not parented influencing what you're doing. And maybe there is some judgment. And again, I feel like we see it more also during the holiday season. And now I realize it was more holidays here. What? It's there. I always bring people back to the reason they fell in love with each other and the reason they chose each other because because we heal each other's wounds because in the basic love story, you know, I married the most critical man on earth because (laughs) seriously, because, because I'm a pleaser and because I apparently said to myself, if I'm going to see a reflection of me from his eyes, that's going to be good enough. I've climbed the Everest. I've done it all. So what begins as, you know, a choice of, it's not really, you know, something that we know we're choosing, but, and, and again, and he married me because he knows that I don't care about how he looks, how he talks, how how our house, you know, is it organized? How we're, you know, I will love him anyway. I fell in love with his soul. But now we become parents. And <laughs> the buzz of criticism, which I never thought, you know, will take me into that journey of, oh my God, how am I going to raise children? You know, with that thing inside their atmosphere, it's a part of their air. It's like sleeping near. Yeah. It's like putting them to sleep near a cellular antenna, right? It's, it's no matter what you do, we need to talk about it. Mm. We need to talk about it. But the conversation begins with a love story. It begins with understanding that it's not a war of culture because 
especially during the holidays, we see the tribe, you know, and we make the connections and, you know, we say to ourselves, how did I not see it before? And vice versa. He lives with an amazing, happy woman that, you know, can't pick anything from the floor. And he's <laughs> he's crazy about, you know, all the mess. And he's so the beginning of our love story and just understanding that this is the the plaster. This is the the medicine. This is the cure for our long gone pains that, that, that we take with us, that is hardwired and, you know, just pop in the autopilot the minute that we're parents. Like how many times have you heard your mother's words coming out of your mouth and said, Oh, Oh my God, was that me? So I think that just by, you know, being able to talk about it and, you know, letting off the armor of, uh, I wonder why your sister came out that way. You're the survivor of this family. Look at why are they talking to our children? You know, just take a breath. Our children are not snowflakes. They're not, you know, wine glasses. Nobody's going to break them. The opposite is right. The most important thing is how we feel, not even talk about our differences, feel. So I suggest maybe from time to time to look at it with curiosity. Like, mm -hmm. hmm, I wonder. And you know, the solution when the, is so much. Yeah, when, when the kids grow up and I see, you know, parts of him in them and then parts of me, and I get to say, oh my God, you're so better because you figured it out. Because I want to say you're an egoistic 16 year old. You can take care of yourself and not see me, you know, run me over. When I was your age, I was just, you know, wanting them to, to say that I was good enough. Yeah. But here I, I get to watch it get better. I love focusing on curiosity because you can never get in trouble. I mean, actually, that's not true. You could get in a lot of trouble if you're curious for the wrong reasons. But in this yeah, case, yeah, but the curiosity that stops you from the judgment and the shaming and just brings you to wonder, especially when you're thinking about, okay, we are doing this differently as co-parents, mm -hmm. but what, you know, wondering what that, what that's about and what draws you to that. It's a good point. We, you know, when we go back to the kernel of that love story, that is a much more open way to start the conversation, even inside ourselves and to feel whatever it is that it brings up for us, than to think of it as this is what I, this is what's wrong with you. And this is what's wrong with me. But these were things that brought you very specifically together in the first place. And, and now you can look at your children and see what you're taking and what those, that's the other thing is we don't have all the answers, even when we feel very oh, confident. Wow. I think so, that the, the journey of parent, so it is here to prove that 
We you know, nothing. nothing. And we have control over nothing. And we're not perfect. And we really need, you know, a friend in this journey to just look in his eyes or her eyes and, and have that, you know, oh, my God, we're going to get through it. Mm-hmm. We're going to get through it. And we tend to forget when we take sides or when we armor up or when we try to reason with love. It's love. You know, we all make mistakes. We're not perfect. So now I'm going to point this out. Of course, of course, you fell in love with him for this exact reason. This whole conversation started because I wanted to pull the kernel of giving space for dad. And again, (laughs) filling in the blank for what dad means. It's just whoever you are co-parenting with. And if you're not co-parenting and if, but there's always somebody, I hope in everyone's experience raising their children, if it's not the co-parent that you find someone that you can run things by and get support from and not feel that finger wagging because something about this came from love and giving space to our kids to have the range of voices around them is such a gift. Thank you for listening. And don't forget to get tickets to the Raising Good Humans virtual live happening next week, December 10th. I'm excited to meet you.